In Parshas Lech Lecha, we find a number of times the promise of Hashem to Avram that he's going to give to him and to his children Eretz Yisrael. In the beginning of the Parsha, we have Vayera Hashem al Avram. Hashem appears to Avram and says, to your children, I'm going to give this land. When Avram is leaving Mitzrayim, Lot is separating from Avram. Hashem says to Avram, it's the whole land that you see, I'm going to give to you, I'm going to give it to you and your children forever. A similar Pasuk, where Hashem says to Avram, go and walk the land, its length and its breadth, I'm going to give it to you. And finally, the Rebbe brings by the Brisbane, I'm sorry, it says, by Yoimahu on that day, Hashem made a bris with Avram saying, Lazarach on Nosati to your children, I have given this land from Nahar Mitzrayim till the big river Nahar Pros, and the Psukim enumerate all the ten nations that eventually the Yidden would conquer. The general differences that have between these different promises of Hashem is that in the earlier promises, when it says, Lazarach etin es I'm going to give this land to your children. Lechoetnen, I'm going to give it to you. It's all in the future tense. These promises come not in connection to anything that Avram said or did. As opposed to when it says, Lezarachonosati, by the Brisbane Absorum, when Hashem says, I have given the land to your children. And this is already being said in the past tense. This comes, first of all, after Avram had walked the land, the land its length and its breadth. As well as that Hashem is saying this in continuation to something else that comes right before this, where Hashem says, I'm going to give you this land, Lerishta, to inherit it. And after that, Avram asks, how will I know that I'm going to inherit it? The Ragachover explains the reason for these different expressions, and that is that by the wording in the promise that we just that we just quoted, that Hashem says the expression lirishto to inherit it, and Avram also says, "How am I going to know that I'm going to inherit it?" Whereas the psukim earlier than that, we use the expression Hashem says lezaracho etein and lachoet nena, an expression of giving rather than inheriting. So the Ragachover explains that there's actually two different ways of how Hashem is giving Eretz Yisrael to the Yidden. There's what's called Begeder Matano, he's giving it as a gift, or he's giving it as a Yerusha, as an inheritance. Generally speaking, says the Ragachover, this would be the difference between the way the Yidden conquered and came into Eretz Yisrael the first time, when they came in with Yeshua, and the way they took Eretz Yisrael the second time, this is when they came up with Ezra. The first time they came into Eretz Yisrael, they conquered it. At that time, it was more like a Matana, a gift from Hashem, and the Ragachover explains that the idea of a gift being is that all of Eretz Yisrael was given as one, as one gift. And therefore, it's one nekuda, one point. It's not made up of a lot of parts. And therefore, you have to take all of Eretz Yisrael together. If you just have a little part of it that's not called having that gift, you weren't, just like by a gift, if someone wants to be kind of the gift, you have to have taken the whole thing. As opposed to the second time coming into Eretz Yisrael, it was given to the Yidden as a Yerusha, as an inheritance. And therefore, even if they took some of Eretz Yisrael, every part of Eretz Yisrael they take, like a Yerusha, like an inheritance, any part of the Yerusha you get is still considered a Yerusha. Based on this, says the Rebbe, we'll also understand the difference between the earlier promises and the promise by Brisbane Absarim. When the Yidden go in the second time into Eretz Yisrael, 
which is after they were already exiled. And why were they exiled? So this, this idea is hinted in the Brisbane Hapsarim. Because, as we said, there it says the expression, that I gave this land to your children. But when did this promise come? As we said before, it's after Avram asked, how do I know I'm going to inherit it? Now we said this entering Eretz Yisrael and this promise over here is similar to the time they came into Eretz Yisrael the second time. And so, so just like the Eden come into Eretz Yisrael the second time, it's after the Golos and after the sins. So too over here, after Avram Avinu asks, how do I know I'm going to inherit it? This is what Hashem tells him. I have given your children this land. Razal actually tell us that relative to the level of Avram, this was actually a sin. Another point, says the Rebbe, this, this promise is all in connection to the Brisbane Absarim, and the same Brisbane Absarim that's also telling us, Hashem is telling Avram about the Golos. You should know that your children will be foreigners in a foreign land, etc. Golos Mitzrayim, also hints to Golos Bavel and the other Goliois. So therefore, the, this last promise by the Brisbane Hapsarim, is more associated and connected to the second time the Eden come into Eretz Yisrael. Whereas the first time the Eden go into Eretz Yisrael through Yoshua, which is when they came in into Eretz Yisrael the very first time, this is hinted in the first promises of Hashem, which again is not coming in continuation to anything that Avram Avinu asked, but rather it's coming, the Abishta himself promising this on his own. Another point, says the Rebbe, we also said that it's coming in continuation, this last promise, after Avram walked the land in its length and in its breadth. Says the Rebbe, the Targum Yoinusen tells us on these words that Avram of is walking the land, this means that through that he was making a chazaka in the land. This is the way he was taking possession, ownership of the land. And in fact, says the Rebbe, this is exactly, again, connected to the second Time the Yidden come into Eretz Yisrael. The second Kedusha that the Yidden sanctify Eretz Yisrael when they come into Eretz Yisrael, as the Rambam explains, that the first Kedusha when the Yidden came into Eretz Yisrael was based on the fact that it was a Kibush Rabbim, that it was conquering, that the Yidden, all of the Yidden conquered Eretz Yisrael. So once Yidden were, the land was taken away from the Yidden, automatically that canceled this Kibush, the fact that they conquered it, and therefore now, Eretz Yisrael is going to be exempt from Meiser and from Shavias, because it's not considered Eretz Yisrael, the same Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael. Whereas when Ezra came up, and he sanctified Eretz Yisrael, he didn't do it by conquering it, but rather through Chazaka, that he took hold of it, they took possession of it, they claimed ownership to it, and therefore every place that the Oile Bavel took hold of, and, and settled in, now became holy with this Kedusha of Ezra, which is the second Kedusha, actually remains holy up until today. It was never taken away from us. So even once the land was physically taken away from us, the Kedusha still remains, and it's still Chayiv in Shemitah and Meiser. Okay, so so far we said we see a connection between the earlier promises of Hashem and the first coming into Eretz Yisrael, and the later promise of Hashem with 
the Yidin coming in the second time. But we still need to understand what's the connection between that first conquering of Eretz Yisrael, which we said the, that was the Kedusha happened as a result of the conquering. Why is that to do with the expression of Matona, as we said, that Hashem says an expression of, I'm going to give it to, to, to the Yidin, whereas the second conquering, which the Kedusha was through this Chazaka, why is that more connected to Yerusha, as we said before, that the promise of Hashem comes first of all in the Lashon of Yerusha and Hashem, and Avram Avinu asks in the way of Yerusha, and then finally after that, the expression is, Hashem says, I've already given the land to your children. Says the Rebbe, in order to explain this, we're first going to examine a little bit more the Sirambam itself, that we just quoted. The Kesef Mishnah asks two questions. Number one, he says, I don't know, why would Chazaka, you're telling me the second time the Eden came into Eretz Yisrael, they took it through a Chazaka. Why is that greater than the Kibush, than the conquering of Eretz Yisrael? Why can't we say exactly the same point by Chazaka? They took hold of it, they settled the land, they claimed the ownership to it, but why can't we say once it was taken away from us by the Goyim, so that Chazaka is, is cancelled. Another point, says the Rebbe, it says, it says the Rebbe in the name of the Kesef Mishnah, another question. In the first time when they sanctified it through the kibush, through conquering it, wasn't there chazaka then as well? Is the chazaka without conquering it, meaning the second time the Yidin come into Eretz Yisrael, is that more powerful than the chazaka along with conquering it? And the Rebbe says it's known that there are a number of explanations of how to, how to, how to, how to understand the Rambam. The first one the Rebbe quotes is the Radvaz. The Radvaz says, that it seems to be that the difference would be that the first time is that they didn't actually sanctify Eretz Yisrael, make it holy bepeh verbally, whereas in the time of Ezra, the second time, they verbalized that Kedusha. But the Rebbe has a number of issues, a number of questions on this. First of all, says the Rebbe, we don't find that in the times of Ezra, we don't find anywhere that they actually did this idea of being Mekadosh and of sanctifying it verbally. In fact, in the Rambam, there doesn't seem to be any remiss to this sort of distinction. On the contrary, says the Rebbe, the Rambam clearly says that the reason why the second Kedusha was not cancelled not, is not because, as their as there Advaz is suggesting, that because they did it verbally, the Rambam says a reason. It's because they didn't do it through conquering Eretz Yisrael, but through a Chazaka that he took hold of it. Whereas the first Kedusha was because of conquering it. So it doesn't seem to fit with the Radvaz's explanation. The Toysvis Yamtif, he has his own way of answering these questions of the Kesef Mishnah. And he says that the reasoning over here is, is because when the Goyim come and conquer it, that cancels the fact that the Yidin conquered it, which is the first time the Yidin come into Eretz Yisrael. Where is the second time? When there is Chazaka, that they took Eretz Yisrael. How did they get Eretz Yisrael the second time? They took it from the king of Persia who actually gave them permission to take possession, to take hold of Eretz Yisrael. So if this is the way they're get, getting a hold of it, so the kibush, the conquering of Goyim afterwards would not be mevatel, would not cancel this chazaka, which was done with the consent of the one who gave it to them, of the king of Persia. But the Rebbe says seemingly, the questions of the Kesef Mishnah still remain. They are not answered. Why is that? Number one, says the Rebbe, if in fact when the Goyim conquer something through a war, if that's considered a valid legal Kenyan that could cancel out the previous ownership of the Yidin, as we're saying happened the first time, so how does it actually in any way help 
the fact that the ownership in this second time came, not by conquering it, but because it was a chazaka with the consent of the giver. If the bottom line is that the conquering of the war from the goyim, that if that, if that achieves a legal acquisition, then the question remains, as the case of Mishnah say, why can't we say the same thing by this chazaka? The moment the goyim took it away from us through this conquering, then automatically that canceled the chazaka. Number two, says the Rebbe, even at the times when Yeshua conquered Eretz Yisrael, there was also at least a part of Eretz Yisrael, there was this idea that there was Das Hanoisen, the consent of the one who was giving it. Because we find that the Givoinim, one of the nations there, gave their cities to the Yidden willingly. And nevertheless, we don't find that the Rambam should start differentiating regarding different places of Eretz Yisrael, where the Kedusha could be cancelled, and where it can't be cancelled, rather he says regarding all of Eretz Yisrael, that when the Eretz Yisrael was taken away the first time, the kibush, the conquering of Eretz Yisrael is bottle, was nullified, and it's potter, it's completely exempt from Meiser and Shviz, well why shouldn't you say that there was a consent regarding certain cities, and therefore that Kedusha should have to remain forever. The Tois Vesyamtav then goes on and says, He's preempting a question. He says, you might ask, what about the fact that Hashem gave the Yidden Eretz Yisrael the first time? Shouldn't that be powerful enough that it should never be able to be taken away? So the Teisus Yom says that the response to that would be, yes, it's true, Hashem gave the Yidden Eretz Yisrael, but just like He gave the Yidden Eretz Yisrael, the Nevi'im also gave prophecy, said prophecy that Though that the Machrivim, those that will destroy the Beis Hamikdash, will come and take away Eretz Yisrael. In fact, they also said Nevuah that then Koresh, the king of Persia, Persia, will then return Eretz Yisrael to the Yidden, and therefore, up until that point, everything is happening in a legal way. But the fact that the Goyim then come after the second time Yidden are in Eretz Yisrael and take it away from us, for that there is no clear Nevuah, and therefore the Tosfos Yamtov is explaining. That's why when they take it away from us, it's not in a way, according, not, not in a legal way. And we know that regarding land being taken away, you can't steal land. So if it's not done in a legal way, then it was never taken away from us. Therefore, it always remains ours. And the Kedusha always remains. But the Rebbe says it's still difficult to understand. Either way you look at it, it seems to be a problem. Because again... If we say that conquering through a war is a proper acquisition that removes the, the, the land from the previous owner, it's considered a Kenyan gummer, a proper Kenyan, then what difference does it make whether we do find the Nevoah for the fact that they're going to come conquer it or not? If the bottom line is they made this Kenyan, they made this acquisition. And if what the Tois Vesyamtif means is that a Goya actually cannot make a proper Kenyan through conquering through war, and since the Goyim conquered it after the second time, and it was not even through a Nevoah, therefore it's completely, doesn't apply at all, because they didn't take it in a legal way, as we said that a Kenyan doesn't, if we say a Kenyan doesn't work. And the whole concept of conquering through war doesn't apply. Whereas you're going to make a differentiation and say that the first time, when Nebuchadnezzar took it, and so to when Kairish gives it back, this is based on, Hashem, that according to Hashem they conquered it, and it was a Hiroas show, it was only a, a one-off thing, that only at that point was it allowed to be given 
through kibush, through conquering, but it's not a regular way of how a goy can get something. Says the Rebbe, but that does not seem to fit with what the Rambam is saying. Because the Rambam clearly says that the difference of the Kedusha Rishonah the first time they sanctified and the second time is because the first time it came through conquering and the second time it came through Chazaka. But if we give the previous explanation, then it has nothing to do with how the Yidden acquired it. It has to do with how the Goyim conquered it. You would then say, the Rambam should have then said, that by Kid Galus Bavel, the Kedusha was able to to be cancelled. In other words, when they came to destroy the first base of Mikdash, the Kedusha was able to be cancelled. Even if it would have been through Chazaka, it has nothing to do with Chazaka, even if it would have been through Chazaka, is because Nebuchadnezzar did the right thing, because Hashem said at that point that was allowed. Whereas by the second Galus, since the Goyim took it not according to the, not according to the not according to the legal way, that's why the kedusha is not is is, is not bottled. That means regardless of how they would have, how the yidden wouldn't have would have gotten it, even if the yidden would have gotten it through kibush, still the goyim wouldn't have been able to take it away because the goyim can't take something away through a mochama unless Hashem specifically said so. So therefore, we still seem to be at the original question. The Rebbe says. In regards to the second question, so we could say the following, and some Mepharshim, actually, this is the way they want to explain the Rambam. In other words, the second question that we asked from the Kesef Mishnah, that, that the bottom line is that in the times of Yeshua, seemingly there would have also been a Chazaka. So what's, what's wrong if it was Kibush conquering along with a Chazaka? That was the Kesef Mishnah's second question. So some Mepharshim want to say, and the Rebbe says, we might suggest this answer, that yes, it's true, by Kibush Yeshua, there was a Chazaka as well. In other words, the Yidin did, the Poyal Mamish, settle the land and take hold of it, and claim ownership, etc. But since that's not what the intention of the Yidin was, to be coined through the Chazaka, their intention it was to be coined, to acquire it through Kibush, through conquering, therefore, the fact that there is Chazaka, sort of is irrelevant. In other words, we're not looking at the Chazaka part. And, sort of a support for this sort of way of looking at it, the Rebbe says, is with, with a kalvachoymer from a halacha, that it says, So let's say there's properties of a ger that's ownerless. Now when a person starts doing work in that land, digging the land, etc., so in, that's a way of making a chazak out of it, of taking hold of it, so it can become his. But what if the person that was doing it didn't realize that it was that that it was that it was ownerless? He actually thought it was his own possession, his own land, and that's why he's digging there. Then he's not koiner; he doesn't acquire it because he wasn't doing it with the intention of acquiring it. So we might apply the same thing in the times of Yeshua, because they were doing it through kibush; they were trying to acquire it through conquering. Therefore, the chazaka was of no effect. Says the Rebbe, but in addition to the Tzorachi, and this that needs further examination, whether this logic even applies in our case, and why would it be different? The Rebbe explains, because in our case, the Eden, of course, were trying to acquire the land. It's only they may have had a different kind of Kenyan in mind, a Kenyan of Kibush. And therefore, you should be able to be Koine. Um, even without Kavana. Again, as opposed to the story in the Geir that the person actually thought it was his, he wasn't even trying to have be kinder. 
especially when we're speaking over here, that he's doing something that's a Kenyan Midoy Raisa. But in addition to all of that, says the Rebbe, it's difficult to say this whole Savara, because as we said before, we have the story of the Givoinim. The Givoinim, there was absolutely no Kenyan through conquering by war, because the Givoinim gave the land away, their cities away, willingly. So if that's the case, at least there there should have been Chazaka, so why shouldn't Chazaka work for those cities, and that Kedusha should remain forever? If there was no other form of Kenyan, that was the only Kenyan, so it wouldn't have cancelled out the Kenyan of Chazaka. So now the Rebbe starts with his explanation. When we speak about the fact that the Eibishter gives Eretz Yisrael to the Yidden, there's actually two things that we're talking about. There's one thing that the Rebbe calls the Kenyan Mamoin, the, the acquisition of the actual land of Eretz Yisrael. That means the ownership of Eretz Yisrael, that it now belongs to the Yidden. Point number two is the Kedusha of the land. Says the Rebbe, the first point, the ownership that Yidden have of Eretz Yisrael, came by the fact that Hashem gave Avram of Vinu Eretz Yisrael. As the Yerushalmi learns from the passage that we quoted before, Lazarach on Nosati, that I gave your children this land, Nosati in the past tense, that it's not only a promise, but Nosati means I already gave it. That means that from that point on, even before the Yidden go ahead practically and conquer Eretz Yisrael, Eretz Yisrael belongs to Yidden forever. To the extent that it's actually Negea even in a halacha. The Gemara says that the Benoist Tzlafchad, the daughters of Tzlafchad, came and claimed that they wanted the portion of their father, because he was a Bechor, so how much do they get? They get double. Now, usually we say a Bechor only gets double in things that are that you have possession of already, not things that will eventually come into your possession, things that will eventually become the, the this person who's leaving the inheritance. So if they don't have Eretz Yisrael yet, how could they be claiming that they should get double? Says the Gemara, because Eretz Yisrael muchzekasi, we have ownership of Eretz Yisrael already, immediately, as soon as the Abishta gave it to Avram. Then there's the second idea, the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael, specifically in regards to many mitzvahs, the obligation of certain mitzvahs, etc. And this happens specifically when the Yidden come into Eretz Yisrael. Now, when within this itself, the Yidden coming into Eretz Yisrael, we now have this difference between the two times the Yidden came. The first time the Yidden came into Eretz Yisrael, Hashem's desire was, and Hashem commanded, that it should be in a way of conquering Eretz Yisrael. War. The Pasuk says, Chalutzim Tavru, you will go armed. This is all speaking about the Bnei God and uh, Bnei Ruven and Bnei God, etc. They're being told to go fight ahead of the Yidden, conquering the Yidden in front of the ahead of all the rest of the Yidden, conquering Eretz Yisrael ahead of all the rest of the Yidden. That means it was specifically supposed to be conquering it through war, and this is why. If this is the way they were supposed to take Eretz Yisrael, therefore the kedusha in Eretz Yisrael was achieved based on this kibush, based on this method of kibush. Says the Rebbe, now we understand why the Chazaka is irrelevant that they had that first time. And why it wouldn't have helped even for the cities of the Givoinim, even though in those cities, yes, there's the consent of the one giving it and all of that. Because the Kedusha was being, is, is being accomplished based on the way Hashem commanded. And therefore the Chazaka is not what could cause the Kedusha. What Hashem is saying should happen is that they should go in specifically in a way of 
conquering it through war, and that's what's going to bring the Kedushan Eretz Yisrael. So the Chazaka that's being, going to be done is going to be irrelevant. Furthermore, the Rebbe says, since going into Eretz Yisrael and the Kedusha is being said in this way, the land will be conquered in front of you. It just says Ha'aretz plain. In other words, it seems like the whole land. Says the Rebbe, Yeshloima, we could say that the moment they conquered Yerichoi, which is considered like the gateway, the key, or the lock to Eretz Yisrael, the lock to Eretz Yisrael, once you got in there, you, you got into the rest of Eretz Yisrael. And that's why it says that all the nations gathered there, because once Yericho is conquered, immediately the rest of the land is conquered. So once they took over Yericho, the whole land has already that level of Kedusha, through the fact that Yidin came into Eretz Yisrael now by this method of Kibush. Now, of course, we know still that regarding certain mitzvahs, there's an additional condition that we needed to wait till the whole land was conquered and the whole land was divided in order to be obligated in certain mitzvahs. For example, Yoival, which is only once all of the Yidna settled in Eretz Yisrael. But, says the Rebbe, that's not something that's being added to the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael. The Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael was achieved as soon as they conquered Yerichai. And the Rebbe says, based on this, we could say now another explanation why Chazokah, even in those cities of Givoinim or anything similar to that, wouldn't have achieved anything of Kedusha Soharetz. Since the whole Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael was completely accomplished already, as soon as Yericha was conquered. Now this is all regarding the first time they went into Eretz Yisrael. What about when they come in with Ezra? There the Abishta says, I'm going to remember you, to bring you back to this place. At this second time, the Ratzah and the desire and the command of Hashem, and the way Hashem is remembering the Eden, is not in a way that they need to conquer Eretz Yisrael. Rather, they go up and settle in Eretz Yisrael. And this is the Pshat that the Kedusha then was achieved through Chazaka Sheikh Zikuba. They took hold of it, they took possession of it, they claimed it. Says the Rebbe, now we can understand the answer to the Kesef Mishnah's first question. And his question was, why would Chazaka be stronger than Kibush? And the answer is, since the Kedusha through Yeshua was achieved when they went in in the way that they were commanded, which was through conquering it, what is the whole idea of conquering? It's simply, in the literal way, what does it mean to conquer something? You're taking something away from someone against his will. In other words, even from the perspective of the command of Hashem, what you're basically saying is, yes, first there are other people that own this, and the Kedusha is going to be connected with overpowering those Goyim by conquering it. If that's the whole gather of what's happening here, so the moment it's now taken away from the Eden, we say that Kibush is also cancelled. In other words, as soon as you're no longer overpowering those nations, so the Kedusha that was hinged based on that is also going to be nullified. Whereas the second time the Eden commentary to Yisrael, once Ezra comes in and sanctifies it, which we said he didn't do it through Kibush, but through Chazaka Sheikh Zikuba, they took hold of something that Hashem is telling them is theirs. Just like the whole idea of Chazaka in the simple sense. What does Chazaka mean? It means absolute ownership of the one who's holding on to it. It means that it's actually his, not that it's becoming his by taking it away from somebody else, by conquering it. If that's the case, if that's the way they're taking it, then the Kedusha that's happening, happening through the Chazaka is in a similar way. That the way the Kedusha is happening is connected with the fact that they are returning 
to the land that belongs to them. That belonged to them always, even before Yeshua conquered it. In other words, what we're saying is that in essence, it always belonged to the Eden. And this is the way, the attitude and the way they're taking Eretz Yisrael now. And this is based on this, then the Kedusha will also never be bottled. The Rebbe says, to just put it in slightly another, in another, in other words, in another way. When Ezra comes out, this bylaws, this ownership, as far as that Eretz Yisrael belongs to them, in the monetary sense of it, also impacts the Kedusha of the land. And therefore, just like the fact that Eretz Yisrael is ours, is something that's never ever bottled, and even after the Churban, it's still our land, Artseinu Admoseinu. So too, the Kedusha, the second Kedusha is also never bottled, because this Kedusha is connected with that same Chazaka. Says the Rebbe, this explanation will also fit with the way Pnimi Yisrael, we understand the difference between the Kedusha Rishonah and the Kedusha Shniah, that in the Kedusha Rishonah generally, Yidin were on the level of Tzadikim, and in the time of the Kedusha Shniya, Yidin are generally on the level of Bali Yishuvah. What is the difference between these two levels? The difference between these two ideas is the avoid of Tzadikim is mainly what we call in a way of Mulmailo Lamata. They are achieving a Birur, an Aliyah, an elevation, a refinement in the Tachtoin, in the lowly world, through bringing down Kedusha with the power of the Torah, of the Ebishter, of Hashem, of Godliness, bringing Godliness down into this world. But since it's mainly happening milamila from the perspective of coming from above to below, it's not so much connected, not so much attached with the lowly world, and therefore it's possible that some change could happen. It could eventually stop, it could eventually be interrupted. Similar to the first Kedusha that came through conquering, which is again by overpowering the other side, but if the other side still remains a Matthias, is still there, eventually this Kibush, this conquering can be, could be cancelled, could be nullified after it's conquered again the other way. And so too says the Rebbe, generally in Avoidah Sa'adam, a similar sort of idea. If the Avoidah of a Yid is in a way that he doesn't have so much to do with the world, he wasn't tested with a challenge of the opposite side, then there's no guarantee that if he will come to this challenge, to this test, he'll be able to overcome it. In other words, it's not everlasting necessarily. Where is about Shuva that his avoidance is a way of mulmatolamaila? It's about elevating, refining the tachto, and he's becoming a keli to kedusha. That it becomes a keli to kedusha. So therefore, the giliyelikus down here in this world is going to be in a way that it does last. It's not going to be interrupted, and so to generally in this person's avoided to Hashem, since he's a person already that dealt with the world already, and in fact, even after he had stumbled and fallen, Rachmanul Itzlan in certain inyanim that were opposite of Hashem's will, and yet he's returning to Hashem, he's returning to Hashem's Torah and mitzvahs. That's a proof that the inyan of Torah and mitzvahs permeate him to such a strong, in such a strong way that even this fall, even this stumbling, cannot tear him away, cannot pull him away from Hashem. That means his connection to Hashem is an absolute one, an everlasting one, without any limitations whatsoever. Similar to the second Kedusha that came through Chazakah, that even after that's because of our sins we were exiled from our land. Yet, Yidin returned to Eretz Yisrael not like, not to a land that we now have to go and conquer, which doesn't belong to us, but rather we're returning to a land that always belonged to us and continues to belong to us forever. 
Says the Rebbe, now we can go back and understand why we associated the first Kedusha more with the level of Matana and the second Kedusha more to the level of Yerusha. So the Rebbe introduces now another concept. It's known, Gemara speaks about that Yerusha ain lo hefsik, Matana yesh lo hefsik. So the Rebbe doesn't go much into explaining this, so very, very briefly, the idea of Yerusha ain lo hefsik, Matana yesh lo hefsik means if a person gives a gift to someone, and then he says, and after you, it should go to the next person, names another person, and so on and so forth. So if the first person passes away, then that gift will now go to the next person. Whereas in a Yerusha, if a person specifies that it's going to go to a certain person in a way of Yerusha, etc., in other words, if the Yerusha is coming to someone, it, 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 it's, not going, it, it's, it's going to remain that person's forever. It doesn't matter now. No conditions are going to help from the giver. Even if he said after you it's going to go to somebody else, Yerusha just goes in the way that the Torah prescribed how Yerusha passes on. So this is what we mean. Yerusha doesn't, it doesn't have an interruption. Matano has an interruption. It was yours up until a certain point, then it might pass on to someone else. Says the Rebbe, the reason why Matano has an interruption is because how does Matano work? Even though on the one hand we say, yes, if the person wouldn't have done something nice for you, you wouldn't have been giving him a, a present. But nevertheless, the main idea of matana is not so much because of the qualities, the good aspects of the recipient. It's mainly coming because of the giver. He decided to give this gift. And in the macabre, the recipient doesn't have sort of any claim, any real intrinsic essential connection to that gift. And this is what we mean that it has a hefzik. Even after giving it, it's not really completely, absolutely his. It's always still related to the one who gave it to him. Therefore, in the idea of Matan of Eretz Yisrael to the Yidin, this is mainly going to be connection and more associated and similar to the first time the Yidin are going in through Yeshua, the conquering of Yeshua. Just like the Yidin going in, in a way of, is B'derach Kibush, they conquer it, Mil-Mailo as we said, both in the literal sense, as well as in Avoid the we said it's more like Tzadikim, so to the way Eretz Yisrael is being given to them is also in a way of matana, like a gift, meaning it's all about the way it's been coming from Hashem, from the Milo, it's not coming so much with that claim, if you wish, that connection, that essential connection to the Makabal, to the one receiving it. Whereas Yerusha works the other way around. The whole point of Yerusha is that he's a relative. He's the relative of the one who's leaving that Yerusha. He has a claim, he's connected to that Yerusha. In fact, the real idea of Yerusha is, as it says, that the, the Yerush, the ear, the one that's accepting the Yerusha, is as if he's the very essence of the one leaving the Yerusha. It's not even considered that it left one possession or went into another possession. And therefore, this idea that it was given by Derech Yerusha by the second, by the second Kedusha, is specifically by the second time the Yidin come into Eretz Yisrael. When the way the Yidin are going into Eretz Yisrael, again, both in the literal sense, that they're just taking hold of something that's theirs. And in Avoid Sodom, we said like the Baal Tshuva, is Bedera Chazaka, again, what it means is that it's something that always belonged to them, not that they're being given it now, and they're conquering it, they're taking it over, it's in a way that they, Eretz Yisrael always belonged to them, like the Yerusha. Says the Rebbe, we can now also connect this to the Rebbe, in the Pesukim that says, in connection to that level of Matano, by the first Kedusha, again in those first promises of Hashem, as we had in the beginning of the Sicha, the expression was, and I will give it to your children, and I will give it to you, all in the future. 
But regarding to that last, second Kedusha, which comes after the words Yerusha in the Pesukim, now it suddenly says, Lazarach Nosati, I have given the land, Belosh Ovar, because the first Kedusha, which is connected with the way the Yidin are connected to the land, that had to, it had to happen in the future, to be conquering Eretz Yisrael from, a sec, from someone else's Rishos, in other words, something that's not holy, and we're going to make it holy. So in other words, it's all about it's something that's still going to have to happen at that point. It's not happening yet. Whereas the Kedusha Shniya, which as we said, the Chazaka, is really about saying that Eretz Yisrael was always ours. It's, always, it's only now when they come into Eretz Yisrael, they have to make the Chazaka, meaning they have to reveal in an open way their connection to the land. But really it's always theirs from earlier because it was given to the Avais. That's why the expression over here is, Lazarach Nosati, I have given it already. It's always theirs. Says the Rebbe, the difference between Matana and Yerusha in regards to Eretz Yisrael, as we said, is only as far as the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael, which was accomplished when the Eden go into Eretz Yisrael. So the first Kedusha was in a way of Matana, and it didn't last. The second Kedusha is in a way of Yerusha, that never interrupts. But the actual Bailus, the ownership of Eden of Eretz Yisrael, is always complete, is always whole, it's always in its greatest shlemus from the time that Hashem gave the land to Avram Avinu, the Brisbane Absarim, as a Nachla Soilim, as an everlasting inheritance. And this was a Krisas Bris, a covenant which is not Shaykh to be changed or to be stopped. And Bemela, there's absolutely no difference in what state the Eden find themselves. Even if it's a situation of Mepnei Chato'enu, Galinu Me'artzenu, because of our sins, we were exiled from our land. V'nisrachakna, we were distanced from our land. Still, Eretz Yisrael is still called Artseinu, our land. Admoseinu, it's our land, it's our earth. And as the Gemara said before, that we quoted, Eretz Yisrael, Muchzekasi, Eretz Yisrael is always ours, right? it's in our possession. And it's a Yerusha from the Ovis, from the time of Avram Avinu, even though in the, in, in the interim there was a Cheta Egel and a Cheta Meraglim, etc. Especially based on what we said before from the Psagdin Rambam, that the idea of Yerusha, actually continued and became part of the Kedusha Saritz in a way that even the Kedusha in the second time never is interrupted and is, is, is holy forever, even for the future. From all of this is understood that it's not possible in any way something that we can even discuss and argue about or doing business with about Eretz Yisrael. Because in addition to the fact that all of Eretz Yisrael to all of its borders, from Nahar Mitzrayim till Nahar Agadol Nahar Pros, is a Yerusha to all the Yidden, and to every single Yidin. Therefore, you can't have chas that anybody could come along and say that he could give up a part of Eretz Yisrael. In addition to this, wanting to give away chas something of Eretz Yisrael is going against the will of Hashem, that with Hashem's desire, he gave it to us as a nachla soilum, as an everlasting nachla. And when Yidin stand with the proper strength, not because of because we think it's our might and our power, but because it's a nachlas oilam from Hashem to the am oilam, then we're definitely successful and will be fulfilled the promise that even the goyim are going to come along and help the yidin, assist the yidin to fulfill Hashem's will generally and in this area specifically, even while we're still in Golos, and this hastens even more bias Mashiach Tzadkeinu. When then, yidin will have all of Eretz Yisrael, including Keini, Knizi, Vekadmoini, and as the Pasuk says, then all the Goyim will be transformed to all call out in the name of Hashem and serve Hashem together.